is up, everybody, and welcome to Tailgate Talks, proudly powered by The Nation. You're listening to episode 179. I'm your host, new resident in Lubbock, Texas, or now uh, back in Lubbock, Texas. Joining me, as always, my guy, Dustin Wimmer. Uh, helped me out moving back to Lubbock over the weekend, so appreciate that. We're back here for another episode, a lot to discuss, and so when you have lots to discuss, it's best to bring on somebody to discuss it with. So we've got Jackson from the Ramblin' Raiders going to be joining us this episode to discuss all things with the basketball program, the firing or the resigning, as we're calling it, with Mark Adams, uh, what the future holds, coaching candidates, all of that stuff, and then uh, we have a guest on the show, so that means a shot bet draft will be at the end of the show. This week, we are doing fast food restaurants. This is uh, from Jackson himself. So, uh, fun episode for you guys this week. Uh, and to catch everything we're doing here at Tailgate Talks, you got to follow the Tailgate. Follow us on Apple. Follow us on Spotify. Give us those five-star ratings. Uh, if you listen to us on Apple, we always appreciate those reviews. You can also follow our social media accounts. We're on Twitter at tailgate underscore talk. So that's where we do most of our interacting on social media, but we do have Instagram and Facebook. We also have a YouTube channel. Been slacking on that a little bit lately, but have a lot of things going on with moving and work and all that good stuff. So, but we, we do still have that channel. So go give it a follow. We'll be posting videos. I'll post Clips from this week's episode, our interview with Jackson and Ramblin' Raiders, as well as our shot bet draft for you to get a uh, view of how that went down. Uh, so follow that YouTube channel. And if you got anything to add to the show, any questions, anything you want to discuss on the podcast, you can email us at tailgatetalkspod at gmail.com. So with all of that said, let's go ahead and get into this week's episode. We're going to start this thing off right. All right, we got three-time returning guest Jackson, the chef from Ramblin' Raiders, joining us today. He is now tied with R.C. Maxfield in most tailgate crashes uh, in history. So, Jackson, welcome back to the tailgate, man. How you doing today? Dude, I'm, I'm honored to be back on the tailgate. Uh, always a great time chatting with you guys and i'm really looking forward to today's ep i think we have some good content lined up yeah here we are good last points. week you know watching uh you know texas tech basketball then mark adams is suspended that gives us some news and then texas tech falls to west virginia and just a couple hours after the loss mark adams has resigned so lots to talk about so we always think it's a good uh, chance to bring in someone to get their opinions on this stuff so first off yeah, Texas Tech falls to West Virginia 78-62 in the first round of the Big 12 tournament. Ending their season, we will not be participating in the NIT, thank goodness. Um, didn't want to have to watch a team perform after that. Jackson, just any quick thoughts on kind of what was a kind of pathetic end to what has been a pretty uh, horrific season? Yeah, man. I, I don't know if y'all touched on it at all yet, but uh, straight up, you know, you come out of that game, you kind of punch them in the mouth right out of the gate, and you're like, all right, these guys are scrapping. Like, we're going to see what's up. And then 
when things turned south, they went all the way down, man. And I was with my wife uh, over at, at this little Irish pub that we like to go to called Pimlico. And this this random guy who, I, of course, I had like said one thing to at the bar comes up and like comes and sits with us and he's looking for some friends and he's trying to chat to us the whole time. And, and usually I would have been super pissed because I'm like watching this right. game intently. And then as, you know, one drink goes down, okay, here's the score. You know, we're down eight. Uh, you know, another drink goes down, we're down 12, 14. And then all of a sudden I was like, you know what? This is my new best friend, dude. Cause I, I'd rather talk to this guy than pay attention to what was going on on the screen. And um, I was naive going in. I'm not going to lie. I kind of thought, Hey, maybe this team's going to yeah. rally around the fact that, you know, Mark Adams isn't there and they're going to be playing free. And um, yeah, basically they just, they look lost. It, it was um, the infrastructure collapsed, man, the, throughout the entirety of the game. And so, yeah, it hurts not to have your head coach there. I think I think we all learned that lesson. Yeah, at least you got a new friend out of it. Dustin uh, didn't get your thoughts. <laughs> didn't get your thoughts on that loss. But uh, what 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 was your reaction to the yeah, 72 loss? Similar to Jackson, I was lucky enough to have a distraction from this game and had to work the our JUCO conference tournament. I was watching some JUCO basketball that night and obviously just kept looking at my. My phone is watch the game, and yeah, it's like Jackson just kept getting worse and worse. And I'd look up, and Eric Stevens is doing whatever he wants to, like he has been to us all year. And yeah, like they played. I mean, this is how they played for the last two weeks, honestly. Like, sure, they got a couple of those back to being close games, but they played pretty crappy the last two weeks. Not like their season was on the line. And so, I mean, disappointing, sure, but glad it's to get it over with basically was how, yeah. how we went out and I'm okay with that at this point. Yeah. Same here. I was watching. And then as I realized this game was over quickly realized, Hey, there's a new episode of the Mandalorian up. So let's go uh, grab the fiance, <laughs> go watch that uh, better than yeah. watching this fall. But uh, after the West Virginia loss head coach, Mark Adams resigns, uh, put that in parentheses. Cause I don't, I think it was uh uh, firing uh you got to you got to leave uh, so they decided the best thing to do was for him to resign so jackson a uh, lot happening this night after texas tech loses uh what were your thoughts after uh, mark adams resigns as texas tech's head coach yeah um i'm not gonna lie i did not see it going down that yeah. way uh, Lane and I had done an episode, I believe it was a day or two before the the Big 12 uh, tournament started, and our whole our whole outlook on it was this is going to be just like a Mike Leach situation 2.0. Yeah. Adams is going to fight it, right? Yeah. He, he intentionally didn't apologize uh, whenever he was interviewed by Stadium. Uh, yeah, I don't know if it was Goodman or whoever was talking to him, saying, you know, I didn't do anything wrong yada yada and it was seemed like he was kind of setting his case up for basically Kirby's going to come at him and try to fire him for right. wrong uh for cause right and he's going to defend it and I guess I didn't you know just from our previous experiences it's as Texas Tech fans with this I thought it was going to be it was going to drag yeah. out or you know they were going to fire him but it was going to be one of these long legal disputes and when he resigned, uh, you know, immediately my, my first thought was, well, I wonder what what his check looks like, yeah. you know, what uh, kind of what did they agree on? And I saw something unofficially somewhere was like three point four million. So he got yeah. I mean, he got a decent chunk of his of his contract. But I think it was just one of those instances where both parties, 
knew that it was in their best interest yeah. not to let this drag out. You know, Mark Adams saw the writing on the wall. It, you know, I for anyone that that and it's funny you got your like your Facebook yeah. Red Raider cohort and your Twitter Red Raider cohort and Facebook thinks we're the softest school and you know in the country and you, they couldn't believe that he was fired over Bible verses and I feel like you know the Twitter. Twitter groups a little bit, a little bit more realistic, which is can't believe like those words <laughs> right. just came out of my mouth. Uh, but anyone who's sitting there thinking, "Hey, Mark Adams got fired because uh, because he because of this instance with one player where he quoted scripture and it was misinterpreted and came off inappropriate or offensive," that's th- th- there's a lot more to this than just that, and that's what I keep seeing fans bring up, and I want to just shake them and be like no 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 dude this is like there's so much more than that to what's going on behind the scenes we had heard the rumors all season yeah. long turns out there was some credibility behind yeah, that exactly. this is not a one-off right not a one-off this is a long time coming and yeah i just it's crazy the fall from grace man it's so insane that you know you look at mark adams first year undefeated home streak you know broke that record was 18 home games uh sweet 16 yeah. run Big 12 coach of the year to now this, it's just incredible how much difference a year can make. Yeah, it really is. Dustin, your your thoughts on the, you know, resignation of Mark Adams. Yeah, I think it's a good move for both parties, kind of like Jackson was saying, because I think part of it was we can do this kind of together, however you want to see that as, <laughs> and you'll get half of your money or we, we can fight this and it might – a lot more stuff might get brought up and it might turn pretty bad and way less money involved that way. Or we can just cut the cord and here's a nice, almost $4 million or however they ended there meet halfway and here's your money. And I mean, Jackson, I'd mentioned it last week when it was just a uh, suspension, but he, he kind of did this to himself with, you know, the bad season one, but then he had already rubbed a lot of the donors in a bad way, like very bad. And so his leash was super short for this and to make an error at this, of this magnitude with that short of a leash, there was no, there was no other direction for this to go. And so at that point I I saw like, Oh yeah, it's, it's happening. I didn't expect it to be uh, literally like within hours, but I'm glad it's, done and cut and moved on as quickly as possible so we can get to our search for our next guy. Yeah. There was no way he could remain coach here. I thought, and, and like you mentioned, Jackson, people are just looking at that one item in the whole list of baggage that kind of was following coach Adams. And I don't want to get into the rumors that are been confirmed because there's a lot of people who didn't get to say so in that whose lives are affected by that. Um, and so I'm sure people have heard those rumors, but uh, the Luke Adams hire I know was uh, uh, something that brought a lot of content to maybe coaches uh, that were on staff, um, some stuff with there. And so I think there's just a long list of baggage already with coach Adams and, then you add this on top of there and there's no way that you could really leave him as the head coach of this program and expect success moving forward. So that just kind of brings up this whole second year of coach Adams. You mentioned the first year being, you know, sweet 16 winning all your home games. What do you think like really went wrong at the base of it here in year two for coach Adams? Cause we had the talent. You could tell that we had the talent in a lot of these games. You almost beat Kansas twice. 
um, you know, almost beat Texas twice. Like th- this team was there. What do you think really went wrong here uh, in year two for Coach Adams? Yeah, there's there's a lot of different components to this. Uh, it's, a, it's the you know a great question because it's I would go out on a ledge and off the top of my mind I have to do some research. I can't think of an instance where a coach had this you know big of a turnaround yeah. in one year. I, we're talking riding high to just absolutely you know bottom of the pit here, and so. The first thing, and, and um, I don't know if this was on the outline, but I'll go ahead and throw it in there because I've mentioned it a couple times. And I'm a big – I want to start off by saying I'm, I'm a believer in Kirby Hokut. I am. I, I don't want him fired yeah. necessarily. I think he's had some misses. He's had some some hitters, right? He's kind of been up and down. I think he's handled scandal uh, you know, within departments relatively well and, and in an expeditious manner is just my opinion. But I will say, so I'm, I'm a pretty – strong um, advocate for, for Kirby most of the time. I honestly, when it comes to Mark Adams, and this ties in uh, in this sense of, I think he was in over his yeah. head, to be perfectly honest. And and I think it started with the hire initially. And this is one of those instances where I do, I mean, fans can fan however they want. People can be upset or supportive or do whatever. We're never going to tell anyone, you know, how they should feel right. about, uh, about, you know, tech athletics or whatever. But in this instance, when, when I hear people chirping about Kirby, I, I, I say, you know, I can't really blame you for it. I, I do believe this was one of those moments where in a position that he's in, you have to be able to step up and say, you know, I know it's an emotional time. There's this underground campaign from the players. There's a lot of support behind it. However, I'm getting paid a lot of yeah. money to make sure that this hire that's about to happen is going to be built for the long haul. And I'll be honest, I – I don't even necessarily think Mark Adams is a terrible coach. You know, I mean, if that was the case, I don't think NBA teams would have been coming in on him when Tech was making right. runs, you know, as when Chris Beard was was uh, in charge. And, you know, he's had success at various different levels in basketball. I don't think he's a bad coach per se. I just think he was out of his depth. He, he's a, a defensive-oriented, old-style basketball coach. And we're in a new era of NIL, built player relationship it's just a totally different, really, personality that that is that comes to the forefront and is successful with players today. It's just a different culture around not just basketball, especially basketball, but you right. know, um, NCAA football as well. And so, to me, Adams was is, is well. And the, I, again, I'm not going to go down that road with the off the court issues, but you know, yeah. you hear him in pressers and seems like a likable guy. You know. Uh, good Christian dude, you know, clearly quoting scripture, maybe a little too much um, there with the team. Right. But ultimately when his defense broke down this year, because he didn't have the same cats he had in year one, right. With Mm -hmm. McCuller, with with these long physical athletic guards, he, to me, it looked like he said, I'm going to take my defensive system that has worked for Texas tech and we're going to run it. And these get these, you know, these dudes are just going to figure it out. Clearly, that didn't happen. That's that was not the case. And then on top of that, adjustments yep. a lot of the times weren't there. Offensive efficiency wasn't there. And then and then you have the the relationship problem. So to me, I think Coach Adams. There's a reason he wasn't a D1 coach, or I don't think he was. No, he, yeah. I might be wrong on that, but he had never been a head coach of the D1 ranks before this. You know that's that, that's kind of a telling sign for a guy that late in his career. Ultimately, I just think he wasn't. I, I don't think I think he was out of his depth and he wasn't ready. He's that badass assistant coach that should have always been an assistant. Yeah, I think 
you make a lot of really good points there. I remember right after the beard fire or beard left us and, you know, people had mentioned Adams and I was like, man, I, I just don't think he would want to do that. And it was for a lot of those reasons that you <laughs> said there. And then all of a sudden it came out that he wanted the job. And then we had this huge, you know, players, like you said, fans, this huge Twitter following. And I kind of think Kirby caved to that uh, and, and just kind of band-aid hired with Adams. Dustin, any, any other thoughts you have on, on kind of what went wrong here for coach Adams in year two? Yeah, I think there's two things. One of them was mainly the coaching, like Jackson had mentioned. And the biggest thing there was like, you didn't, he got too far away from what he is and what he's good at philosophy wise. Like he's the defensive guy, the no middle, the length on, on your players and we'll figure the offense part out. And then this year we had talked about it, and I'm sure Ramlin did too. They, we recruited and got transfers of all offense. Like Kerwin's draining threes. DeMorean's scoring 24 points a game for Gardner-Webb. Like we're getting Elijah Fisher, who's an offensive athlete. Like we went all offense, and we went away from the 6'6 to 6'8 switchable guard forwards, and it – then we didn't make adjustments once it didn't work. And that's the kind of part that blew my mind is like, you're supposed to be this defensive genius, but are you only a one trick pony? I guess like it didn't work and you didn't know where to go from there. Like that blew my mind. And then like second part is more like in the practice gym. Like there was a big time disconnect between, between him and his assistant coaches. And then, him and his players and it didn't meet up onto the court you know i talked about it last week like this is why you're losing games by five or less points all the time consistently and it's the same errors that happen and it's coaching and the consistency and all and the composure and part of that's in the practice gym and i don't know if some of these other things kind of came up in his life and got him off track and that bled over into the practice facility, but I I wouldn't shy against that kind of thought, yeah. you know, and, and that, that was definitely a big downfall in, into it. Cause we couldn't, you, you could kind of just see it wasn't, wasn't clicking ever. So I think it's basically those yeah. two really big things. Yeah. And the last one point that I, I've kind of thought is I thought, you know, I think, Jackson, you kind of mentioned it there is, is college basketball is also caught up to, to kind of what coach Adams was doing. He's kind of got this old school basketball mentality and now basketball has finally figured out, Hey, three points is worth more than two. Let's all be really good at the three point (laughs) shot. And so what good is the no middle defense when you're just giving up wide open threes to everybody? And that was one of your biggest downfalls this year is that every team was coming in and they were going to get about 10 wide open three point looks a game. And if they're making their threes, then you really have no chance. And so that was another one of the struggles. Um, But now that the, you know, Adam's era is over. Um, we had the two years, very drastic uh, years. One that sees success, almost a elite eight appearance. You had Duke on the ropes to now you don't even make the tournament years from now, Jackson, how do you think people are going to look back on this little two year Adam's era here at Texas tech? Or are they going to, for us that live, 
Yeah, for us that lived through it, I think we'll be able to tell tell the the story the way it should be compared to you know others. And and I do hate it for Adams that he is going out on this note because you know again I I don't I'm not an insider. I don't know all the issues that were going on off the court. I know there was rumors that as as Dustin pointed out, uh, there were relationship issues with uh, boosters. It, it seemed like maybe some ego was involved yeah. and, and there was some um, disconnect there, but people, I don't want people to be quick to forget. I'll kind of leave it on this note that year one under Mark Adams was what will go down as one of my favorite basketball seasons sure. of all time. I mean, when you have a, a game that again, I, I would dare anyone to go back and look at it. There, there's never been a more important home game last year than UT yeah. coming in after what happened with Chris Beard and to not only beat, you know, beat UT at home last year, but then go on the road and take care of business too uh, against a team that wasn't bad. Right. It, it's, you look at where kind of, you know, Beard, that's a whole different story, but just now hired at Ole Miss, like he, his coaching career is going to go on, sure. right. His tenure is going to go on. And for Adams, I mean, I, I remember Lane and I were laughing the other day talking about it. It's got to eat Beard up, dude, that he could not beat Adams once in those two outings that they had. Uh, and then a sweet 16 run, you you lose to Coach K in a game where you're right there. I mean, you are very, very close to being in the Elite Eight. That was a magical year, undefeated home, magical run. And I don't think people should be so reticent to get to forget that and kind of leave it in the past. Now, clearly, this year, different story, and and this is for the best. What what is happening now is for the absolute best. I, I think I'm really glad that Adams, you know, that, that we're getting it done now, and it's not going to be a foul up that, you know, is four years down, you know, or two years in the road, making it a four-year tenure in, in total. So I'm glad it's happening now, but it's going to be a mixed bag. You know, it's unfortunate again. And we also said this on our, our show the other day. I don't think Adams, what he said with the whole scripture thing was just really out of yeah. touch. It's just, it, to me, it kind of reminds me of like an older person who just doesn't understand like the environment that they're in. Right. It's, it's, it was, it was hundred percent. Yeah. You know, it, it, inappropriate, just not, um, not in good taste. Do I think he's like a malicious dude for saying for for what he was trying to right. do? No, I really don't. I, th- yeah. I don't think Adams is like this overt racist pos. Right. Yeah, I think he truly was trying to make a point, and he did it in the, the like the worst way possible. Right, yeah. it, is basically what happened. And um, ultimately, it's going to go back. Is is I look at Adams, I'm thankful that he did step up and had the year one that he did. Unfortunately, I think uh, people will be able to look back and say he was clearly kind of in yeah. over his head and, and a little outmatched down the stretch and wasn't really capable of, of sustaining that success long term. But we'll always have last year, man. It's like when you have a bad yeah. breakup, you know, you're like, hey, we'll always have that trip right. to Cancun, right? We'll always have that like trip in Mexico. <laughs> so it was a good, you know, good first year. And then, um, yeah, just not not the way he would have, I know that, that he would have wanted. Yeah, to. I think you make a good point there. I think I'll remember last year you know, and coach Adams, cause that was the year we needed with beard leaving and you had the highs of you beat him twice. Uh, you made the sweet 16. So I'll, I'll try to look back on this Adams tenure as that Dustin, how are you going to look back on the, the Mark Adams tenure here at Texas tech? Yeah, you can definitely plant your flag in those two Texas games 
as as the staple of oh, his yeah. two year career. And like we we've said, Chris Beard has never beaten Mark Adams, so that'll never be forgotten. Um, <laughs> I usually do like a when these things come up like a comparison of like other coaches, and I hope it goes one way and not the other. You know, because with this last year, we're in a pretty deep hole and we don't know about the roster right now and where's it going to go. And on the bad side of things, like he could be compared to like Pat Knight. And this is where the slip starts and goes really far because that's exactly what that's, happened. That's a good point. Pat and Bob. Bob had us going sweet 16s and, and then he left and it slid really fast. And I hope it goes more towards he's more like like Tubby when he was here and kept kind of kept the kept the tracks kept us on track and kept it going. And maybe the next guy gets us back to where Beard had us as a continual Sweet Sixteen and onward type, and we can just think of Adams as like help help keep these building blocks in place and moving along and year two didn't derail the whole thing. So I hope it's more of the latter and not the, the Pat Knight snowball. Yeah. That's the scary part. Cause as Texas tech fans, we know what that <laughs> bottom pit is like. We, we, <laughs> I was just looking it up. Cause I wanted to remember how long, cause I, I pretty much like blacked out during those three years of, yeah, yeah. of you know, you talk about, <laughs> Such a like again, like you're riding high with Bobby Knight, and then all of a sudden, just in the gutter, it felt longer. This says three years, it felt longer, it felt than three like years. A, a whole decade, it felt a lot longer than that. Yeah, 50 and 60 during that time. Yeah, let's let's that's a really good point, Dustin. Honestly, let's hope that does not repeat. Yeah, I itself. think that's the, the scary <laughs> part in any like coaching change, especially when you've built the success, is like that fear of going back to irrelevance and. Like that's where I'm at right now. Uh, but the thing that's different about now from then is you've got top tier facilities. You've got a fan base that is super engaged with the program. There was a tweet out today, just like of Texas uh, program attendance Tenants, and yeah. Texas tech still has the most fans showing up even despite a pretty poor year. Um, and so like the fan base is engaged, the facilities are there. Uh, the financial input is there. And so like, this is a job to have now when it wasn't probably pre Tubby Smith era. And so that brings us into now the Texas tech head coaching search has been going on. Uh, we've seen a list of names um, popping up uh, people that are interested in, in this job and whatever. Um, it doesn't feel like anything significant, like progress has been made, but Jackson. So, now that we know some of the pieces have fallen off the board, Chris Beard's not going to be coming back to Texas Tech. Thank goodness. Uh, Will Wade yeah. is 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 taken. What are some of your top options to take over for the Red Raiders this next season? So I'm still firmly in the camp of if you can like make you know the the make them say no yeah. campaign, right? Like there's still some coaches out there that if they haven't contacted due to the fact that. The season is ongoing, and I totally understand that. I put a tweet out the other day, like, you know, everybody be patient. This could take some time. You know, as unreal as unrealistic as it might sound to some, I don't even care. Call Sean Miller. I like yeah, call him and make him say make no. Him say, right yeah. to Hashtag me, make him say no. Uh, that's right. Make him say no. 
uh, Will Wade was one I, I was really open to. And I, I do feel like I need to kind of defend and, and clarify these points because I had a lot of people mentioning this to us in the way to, to an extent. I understand it talking about like, why would you go like want to go after a Rick right. Patino, a Will Wade, a Sean Damn. Miller because their previous scandals and we are not of the camp of like, you know, oh, for I mean, Patino, for example, his offenses to me, you know, on the moral scale are, are going to look a lot worse than Wade and Miller, who wouldn't, you yeah. know, paid guys pre NIL. Yeah, they and they cheated and they deserved. I mean, they they got fired for it. Like they they were out of a job, right? They got investigated and hell, one of that uh, wouldn't do anything. Miller's guys now. went to They'd be fine right now, you know. Yeah, yeah, exa- exactly. And that's kind of where Lane and I landed. Was just. It's hard for me. I'm not going to crucify a coach because he did something that we were all kind of in the background saying, yeah, I think we're moving towards this. You know, we're, we're going to be playing players pretty soon. You got guys like Bill Self out there, and I'll, I'm unapologetic, uh, you know, unapologetic, apologetic, excuse me, already half a glass <laughs> in right now, can't talk, about um, about this take. But you have coaches that never got, you know, lambasted and, and held to the fire like – uh, Wade and Miller yeah. did, and I think part of it is because they were caught on tape uh, with an FBI investigation. But still, that were if, if you think Kansas, if you think Duke, if you oh, don't yeah. think these guys had some kind of scheme going on that Miller and Wade had, you're kidding your yourself. And so, <laughs> uh, exactly. A lot of fans are like, oh, you know, but I just want to hire a coach with zero baggage. I do understand that to an extent. Sure, we're a little gun-shy with Mark Adams. These guys are <laughs> – what they did is legal now, and other than that, they had no other issues that were impending them from being the successful coaches that they were at the highest level. So, you know, Will Wade's out of the out of the question now. I'm saying you got to call uh, Sean Miller. I'm not like a hundred percent sold on the Rick Pitino thing, although I don't hate it as much as other people do. Um, I do agree he's old. That's that's the thing. You know, you look at like longevity, but. Uh, Again, man, I mean, Pat, uh, Bobby Knight comes in here for, what, six seasons, six and a half, takes you to the tourney four times, and then matches your personal best uh, Sweet 16 once out of those four trips. So it's like, if you do get Patino in here and he has five good years and then he moves on to another school or he retires, we, we, or we say the same thing in football all the time. For Tech, those are five good years, yeah. and, we, and we're not going to disregard that. The, the college basketball world is too it, it's too uh, finicky to, to, like, you know, everyone's worried about longevity. Hell, we could go yeah. hire Grant McCaslin or whatever. He could take us to the promised land, and he Back. could be gone in five years to go to a bigger school. So, like, it, you can't sit there in your mind and kind of game plan it of who's going to be here the longest. Yeah. That doesn't matter. It's who's going to come in and who's going to win immediately. I think that's – And to me – yeah, that's one I of think those. That's guys. a huge mindset that Texas Tech fans need to retrain their brains on is that not everybody's going to, we're not going to hire a coach who's going to be here for the rest of his life. We're not going to get the Bill Self type who's just going to be at Kansas until he decides to retire. We're not going to get that. So if we can get a guy who's going to give us five <laughs> amazing years, we should jump on that. I'm yeah. cool. Compare it to the Cincinnati <laughs> football, they've been a stepping stone for the last 20 years. And have also been a really good football program for the yeah. last twenty years with like four different exactly. head coaches. I would try. Uh, yeah, yeah, I would take that in a heartbeat, like uh, immediately. Yeah, it's like you go talk to U of H during that 
you know, period where they had someone and then uh, Herman and blah, blah, you know, they were just getting coaches getting poached left and right. They won a, a New Year's Six yeah. Bowl that year. Like they had some badass seasons. I don't think they would trade that for anything. And and yeah, you just you can't get married to the idea that we're going to go get some, you know, Sean, uh, what's his name? The other dude from Oral Roberts, Pat, Pat Mills? Uh, Paul Mills. Paul Mills, that's it. Paul Mills or these guys, and they might stay longer. To me, I want to see someone come in that we know can get it done kind of quickly. And to me, I mean, they're they're your more, um, you know, uh, or th- those those coaches that are going to be harder to obtain, right? Like you're kind of more out there hires potentially. But I, I think you got to call Sean Miller again. I'm not in love with the the idea of Rick Pitino, but I, I wouldn't hate it. I don't think it's the worst thing that could happen to you. Uh, as far as some up-and-comers, unproven, my guy, and I'll, I'll defend him, um, you know, against kind of anybody else's, um, Ulrich Malaji, yeah. who was on Texas Tech staff. And to me, the reason I like him is because he looks – it's a carbon copy hire of Joey McGuire, yeah. in my opinion. Master recruiter, right? And today's – I would actually go out on a limb and say in today's game, recruiting is the most – like relationship no. building and 100%. recruiting is the most important thing out there. So if you're a – <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Let's say you're a, a mid to slightly above average coach, but you can go out and get four stars. Hell, like Beard was doing, four, potentially five star guys and, and keep them around yeah. for two years, three years. It's like a Kevin McCullough or TJ Shannon. You can keep them around for a little bit. Look what that does for your program. Instead, you try to go out and hire some brainiac, but he has no ability to work with players very well. You know, I, I don't think your long-term success is going to be um, as yeah. achievable as it would with a guy like Malaji. So he, out of all the kind of up-and-comers, you know, hadn't had their big shot yet at a head coaching job at a D1, at the D1 position, he would be my number one. But uh, I know there's a lot. I, I'd be interested to hear kind of some of the guys that maybe y'all are thinking about too uh the names i've heard so far i'm not gonna lie is have been a little underwhelming yeah um i I don't absolutely love them but you know a guy like grant grant Grant, is grant yeah grant mccaslin yeah let me just list off some of the names that i've seen kind of surface through searches and and i think right now like the top of the lists that i've seen grant mccaslin uh unt's coach right now he's had some success there taking them to the tournament uh they didn't make the tournament this year Paul Mills, Oral Roberts. He's had like two good years uh, at Oral Roberts. That's pretty much it. Um, Rodney Terry, of course, we're all familiar with him and what he's done at Texas. I think a lot of people will point to the fact that that roster is just built for success and that probably you, me, and Dustin could go and take that team uh, to a pretty good record. Um, Al Pinkins has been mentioned, uh, Texas Tech assistant coach. Former Texas Tech assistant coach Barrett Peary has been mentioned. Um, there's also like some guys, Jerome Tang, Shaka Smart, Sean Miller, Rick Bettino, Steve Alford, Steve Lutz. And here's one that I'm going to throw out there that's like off the radar that I haven't seen any notable people mention. Um, Kelvin Sampson's son, Kellen Sampson, his assistant coach there at Houston, has been his assistant for nine years, been an assistant for 16, I think is what I've seen. And from what I've heard, like he practically runs – Houston um he's recharged because Kelvin's too old to do all that stuff at this point so I'm not looking at Kelvin I like that but Kellen does a lot of that gets a lot of the recruiting 
obviously has built a powerhouse in Houston there. Um, you know, whatever the conference is, they've been to a final four. They've been consistently good in the tournament. He's a name that I kind of would like to see us at least like give a shout out to and just see, I don't expect him to become our coach, but he's, if we're going the assistant route, I think Ulrich and, and Kellen are two of my top guys. That's a new one. I, I like that a lot, actually. Yeah, and wouldn't I that be fun? That Kellen like versus that. Kelvin in the Big 12? That would be fun, too. Good storyline. Yeah. <laughs> well, first, I want to mention, Jackson, I don't know if you started with this, but I think we're in a way better place of hiring than we were two years ago with how much NIL money we have and boosters and facilities. And just the fact that we're – hosting our last big 12 game with nothing to play for and still have over 10,000 fans in the building in a full student section. And I just think we're in a way better program state than we were. So our list can be better. I love some of your list. I like the Patino ask and the Miller ask. Um, McCaslin, I don't know, just because of some of the like numbers I've seen, they're pretty slow, not offensive yeah, type guy, and I yeah. just think in this yeah. day, very this slow, day methodical age, pace. Like, uh, I just, I don't know if I want to go that route again after the last two guys we've had, and how basketball is trending, especially at that kind of youth level. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't hate at least asking about Shaka Smart. Yeah, He's I don't hate had that success in the Big Twelve before, just not to what. UT wanted, you know, if they wanted a national championship or nothing, and they just hated him from the beginning, basically. He knows how to recruit because he was there for five years. Like, I love his energy and how he is. Didn't like the color he had to wear for five years, you know? And uh, look, he's got Marquette bounced back, and they're a two seed already. Yeah. Yeah. Dude took VCU to a Final Four. Like, <laughs> I mean, you know, he's got to know what he's doing to yeah. some extent. No, I don't, I don't hate give that him a either. call. I'd I'd definitely give him a call. I love the Ulrich talk as well. Um, I would just like to go a little younger, maybe not as white. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Like like, like Mark Adams white. You've got to also appeal to to your players. And you went very old white with your last hire. And you could tell, you know, that was a very hard disconnect by the end of the year, end of year two. And I think that's a big part. Yeah, part of I, I would. It. Yeah, when you're, I would love to know like what like Mark Adams and Elijah uh, Fisher yeah. would just like sit like would just like sit down and talk about probably nothing. Like, hey, <laughs> hey, buddy, have you uh, read any good books? Yeah, like lately? you gotta, you've you've been gotta reading the Bible. To, like, like, <laughs> have a conversation with this seventeen-year-old yeah. that is a baller. Like that's all he's known all his life. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's a big part. Well, that's right. That's why Ulrich is like my one guy in the un, the quote unquote right. like unproven's that I really like because of that like relational. And uh, actually, when he was at A and M, a good good uh, buddy of mine and and uh, of Lane's, a guy that played basketball with Lane in high school and then played at A and M, straight up told us he goes that and this was back when he had moved to Tech and was under Beard. He was like, y'all don't realize that might be a name y'all are sleeping on. He goes, that guy's the best recruiter in the country. Yeah, he goes. He he can recruit like nobody's business, and everywhere he's gone Successful. since, right? Like he, he Texas Tech best basketball uh, span we've ever had. Goes to UT, 
is there shortly, but like they did, they were solid that year. And then look at the yeah. team they've assembled for this year, handed to Rodney Terry. Yeah. Now Kansas State year yeah. one, ki- killing it. I mean, he's got that Joey McGuire esque yeah. um, kind of sensibility about him, and and so that's why I like that. But I'm with you too, Dustin. I I don't think fans should be scared of lofty. That's the word I was thinking earlier. Like going for a lofty ask or a lofty goal. Texas Tech is one of the top three jobs. I mean, as of right now, it might be number one. I know like UT is going to be open yeah. here pretty soon. We we could argue on this pod, Texas Tech basketball is a better job for a head coach. But, you know, you'll, you'll have some moving, some shakeup here as the tourney goes on and at the end of the season. But I would argue with anybody that Tech is a top three, at the worst, top five. I'm going to stay hard on that top three job in the country Let's not be afraid yeah. to call those people that nobody thinks we should, you know, can realistically be called, like be calling. Get a proven winner. In yeah, I, I think you're right. I think the fan support, the facilities, the the dusty wombles of the world that are willing to put a lot of money into getting you the players that you want makes this a very appealing job. And I think you can come here, and especially in today's world, you just look at what Jerome Tang Day at Kansas State, you can come in and you're one and you can be successful. And I think like having a guy, having guys like that, like upping our expectations on that is solid. But also like Ulrich getting a recruiter, like you don't need your head coach to be like an X and O guru. He can hire guys to be the X and O gurus for you. Hire the Barrett Peary's of the world to come in and actually allow them to run their offense and stuff and just be able to assemble the team that you need to put out on the floor. And I felt like maybe Adams wasn't doing the job. I don't know if he was putting the team together or if NIL was putting the team together or what it was, but it felt like <laughs> at sometimes yeah. there was a little disconnect there. You need a guy who's in plugged in. I'm like, I need A, B, and C for this team. And we have the yeah. funds and we have the donors and people who are willing to go get you that A, B, and C and to be successful here. So the do not hire list, Jackson. Are there any guys on your list that you're just like completely? I know you've kind of some guys that you're not super excited about, but are there anybody on your list that are just like you do not want to see them uh, as the head coach? So, <laughs> two guys we mentioned the other week. One, and this might be to the disappointment of some some of uh, you know y'all's listeners and viewers, but uh, Rodney Terry, man, I, I don't I don't want it. To me, it's and I'm not – what he's done this year has been extremely impressive, and I do think that he is capable to a certain extent. I just think that hiring him is is kind of like the Mark Adams hire. It's reactionary off this one year. one year success. And as you pointed out, Brooks, I mean, he got handed a monster yeah. team. This is one of the best teams. I'm the, And spoiler alert, I might have UT making a run in the tournament yeah. this year because I think they have a pretty easy route. I just and picked them to go to the it, final four. Like <laughs> I I I'm telling you, most years like we laugh and we're like, oh, they're gonna get upset and they do. Yeah. This could be the year they go on a serious run, man. They have some just pure uh you yeah. know, dogs, man, talent on this Experience team. Too. And and so Rodney Terry, I mean, it's great. He's doing what he's doing. He's doing it with a hell of yeah. a team. I don't I, I don't like it. To me, it's too reminiscent of the Mark Adams hire. I don't want it. Another name that hasn't really been thrown around a lot. We were just kind of laughing about it uh, the other day, like Buzz Williams. Yeah. I, I don't, I wouldn't want that if it even is. A, I don't know if it even is a remote possibility. I don't, uh, wouldn't want it. I don't want a guy in and a three piece suit co- coaching. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. That to me, that's you're a, that's being a hardo, man. Like coaches or kids in today's 
culture, like they don't want to play for a dude walking around and th- sweating his ass off in a three piece suit, ridiculous, man. Trying to like, who who do you think you are, man? Like like Dean Smith, like no, man, you're not. There, there's no need to be wearing. There's really never was any need no. for anyone to be wearing a three piece suit out there, but it's it's a little bit try hardy to me. And then people like he A and M has been really bad for a couple of years before they finally put right. together a decent squad that might lose will either they'll lose in the second round of UT or they might lose in the first round of Penn state. So uh, those are my other big ones. I, to be honest, I'm not super high on uh, Paul Mills. Uh, to me, that's an underwhelming hire. I don't like hate the grant uh, McCaslin one, but I don't like love it either. I'm kind of, it's got potential, but it could also be a we're kind of you know mediocre. We're sitting in this mid tier yeah. for a long time, so I don't know, man. The, the names we've heard so far, I've been a little underwhelmed. I'll just say that to me, Paul Mills feels kind of like Matt Wells in a way, um, yeah. like a couple yeah. good years, but not a really like lot of consistency mixed in with that. Um, I like what you yeah. said about Rodney Terry. I, I I think it's a flash in the pan, and if Texas is still willing to like look at other candidates and i know they're texas and they got money and they're going to be able to lure in a coach cal if they want to um that's still like a red flag to me that they're like hey look at what he's done but they still want to move on from him that's a pretty big red flag dustin like just won the yeah. b12 tournament might go on a final four run they're gonna be like yeah thanks for the yeah. great memories but, but no we're gonna go <laughs> move on then that shows a lot to me dustin anybody on your do not hire list that we've kind of mentioned here or, or haven't mentioned i guess no, y'all hit them. Like, Mills doesn't do it for me. Grant McCaslin, I'm pretty iffy on. And so, like, I'd rather swing big with the guys we've mentioned or go really big assistant. And it just kind of crossed my mind. Like, what's Jerome Tang really worked for Kansas State? I'd go look at Baylor's yeah. assistant coaches, too, because apparently – and they like Scott Drew's been there for twenty plus years, so like he's built something really good. Maybe we kind of dabble in there just to check it out. It just kind of crossed my mind. Yeah, that associate head coach—I forgot his name. He—he's starting Alvin to. Brooks. There's, I've, I've, yeah, I've seen some stuff I mean, on. Like people are starting to talk about him a little bit more, and he's gaining some traction. Yeah, I mean. That wouldn't be terrible. Yeah, yeah, go for the su- that wouldn't be bad. go for the successful terrible. coaching trees. Like Scott Drew's one and exactly. like like those aren't bad places to pluck from. I think Grant McCasland was a Scott Drew. He tree. was a Baylor. He I think was. That's what he was on there. In my head was like, we just, there's a couple Baylor guys floating around here. Maybe. Yeah. I, honestly, I might be crazy. I think what's uh, or Robert Paul Mills, uh, Paul Mills is is one yeah. as well. Um, so there's that Scott Drew tree. It's just. Those the McCaslin and, and Mills to me are it, it's such a to me it's such a risk like it could really go one of two ways because you're entering into the best conference in the country against the best yep. coaches in the country you could be that sleeper that ends up being you know diamond in the rough or they could just be average yeah uh, so like if we're gonna take us I'm with you Dustin if we're gonna swing let's swing for the fences and get like the best assistant in the game right now or. Like I said, make make Sean Miller say yeah. no. Just make him make say, no. say no. Yeah, I'm all for all of that as well. Um, we will keep you all updated as you know more uh, news unfolds on the coaching shirts. I expect this to take a little bit. I don't expect us to make a quick hire on this. I expect us to do our full extent of research. We've got 
a pretty good little uh, group of people. You got Norrence, Joey McGuire um, on the uh, what, whatever the. the I I wanted to bring that up. I love committee. this uh, hiring committee. Me too. And I wanted to get yeah. your thought, Jackson. I love it. Yeah, no, I love it. I did like a little Mount Rushmore the other day. I was like, this is awesome. Um, just because, I mean, Joey McGuire and like we could, you know, he, looking forward, I think McGuire has built himself up to where we could have like a six and six year next year. You know, what he's building, yeah. it, it it is more than just, you know, what one year's record is going to reflect. And I, I think a lot of people are going to have us as a dark horse next year. Like yeah. he's clearly his – his uh, procedure and, and like program that he's building, the brand that he's building is one that's meant to last and, and kind of exemplifies this standard of excellence. Uh, the fact that he, I mean, he's going to be able to recognize talent, right? He's going to be able to say like, that guy's got it. That guy doesn't yep. have it. As far as just the, the mindset goes, I, I guess that's what I'll say for Joey is that he's built him or he's built himself up and kind of given himself some more time not to go on a attention about football, but, like he knows right now, I mean, he's building a culture to succeed. I think he's going to be a good element for that. Having Norrence in there is a great call. I mean, the the unofficial should be official Texas Tech minister exactly. of culture, right? Like he knows the mindset. He's always a writer for the school, for the fans. Uh, he's, you know, and he's so mature and like in um, just rational about his takes, right? Like he comes from so, – he's got – his, his podcast that he does, always talking about motivation and having a fortified kind of mental outlook on life and a mental attitude. And he he exudes that every day, man. I'm, I'm you know, super excited that he's, uh, you know, an alumni at Texas Tech. And, and he's just – it's fine. I say he's mature. He's like – I guess he's, what, like 27 now, 26? Like, of course, I, I still just think of him as, you know, back uh, when we were all in college. And so, of course he is. And, and um, yeah, those two guys alone, I mean – you got Womble on there because he's he's going to be footing yeah. the bill, and then and then Kirby is going to be on there too. But those two guys in in particular, to me, they're going to be able to help find someone who can adapt to the culture that we yeah. Have. The Norrance one pumped me up a lot because he was your biggest culture builder through this Tubby era and that national championship team, and like yeah, you could see it from year one to year four or five that he he understood his role. He was a, the biggest hustle guy and rebound and toughness guy out there. Yeah. And you could see him tweet some this year of how he hated the lack of that on this year's team. Yeah. The lack of toughness and how soft some of the things we did were. And so for, and for him to be like pretty recent and as part of our better teams, I like that we're like kind of just trying to keep that group connected and, and keep that, tradition and culture going yeah. Yeah. with him too. So I love bringing Norris in on, on board with that. Yeah. He's a guy that I would love to see be like a part of this coaching staff somewhere when he decides to, you know, hang it up from playing. I know he's still pursuing that. So uh, once that's done, I would love to see him on the staff, but he's one of those guys that I think, you know, a lot of people would be like, pick a player from the past you'd like to drop on this team. I think he's a guy that you could drop onto any team and he would be successful because like this team needs mm -hmm. some of that, um, needs some of that like fire and ability to go grab a rebound and something. He does that and he could like whip other guys ass into doing that stuff. So yeah. um, he's one of those guys, 
But yeah, that's kind of everything I wanted to talk with Jackson about. We've got, you know, our coaches, uh, his, his do hire list, his do not hire list. Uh, some good, good discussion on what went wrong with Coach Adams here in year two. And so, uh, Jackson, we always appreciate the time hanging out with uh, you, uh, talking about everything. We appreciate the draft topic. Uh, go ahead and give uh, Ramblin' Raiders and everything y'all are doing a shout out, and, and we'll get you on your way. Yeah, man. Well, let me just say thanks for having me on. I always have a great time just uh, cutting up and catching up with you guys about whatever the latest yep. – you know, news is in, in Texas Tech sports. I know this week's is a pretty juicy yep, topic since is. we're on another coaching search. But uh, thank you all again. Yeah, you guys can, you know, find us over at um, Twitter at Ramblin' Raiders or we're uh, also on TikTok and Instagram at Ramblin' Raiders. And then, yeah, we're um, putting more stuff back out on Spotify and Apple. We were kind of trying to do the – I mean, we're still doing YouTube, but, um, yeah, we're putting content back. Spotify, Apple, and then our YouTube channel is Ramblin' Raiders Media. So drop us a sub there, and we just try to, you know, uh, just like our, our guys here, man, to, uh, at, at Tailgate Talks, we're just putting it out when we can yep. get it, uh, get it done, and and just love uh, having this kind of group, this cohort of of Texas Tech fans putting out content for Texas Tech fans. I think we uh, we do a good job of you know covering that side of it that um, that represents the the Texas Tech fans mindset yeah. and. And boys, so um, no, y'all, man. I if you're not already following talking to or uh, sorry, tailgate talks on everything. Talking text, great too. Follow them as yeah. well. But tailgate talks, make sure you're uh, you know you're you're following on all social medias and their YouTube channel as well. Um, yeah, love coming on, guys. Happy to be a guest. Anytime. Yeah, happy to have you back on. And since the last time we were on, we've actually met and hung out in person. So you know, now we got to, that's right. We, we had to a, share some beers together, some shots, and and, and back, some tailgate time. Yeah, back in happier days, yeah. right? Yeah. That uh, ass whooping sure. uh, um, in football against West Virginia at homecoming. So that was a fun yeah, day. It, it sure was. Well, Jackson, always appreciate it. Keep doing what y'all are doing, um, and make sure you guys go give them a follow. Wherever you listen to podcasts, follow them on Twitter. They're always posting great content on there. We have a lot of people that uh, post articles and stuff for them too. So uh, give them a follow. And once again, appreciate it, Jackson. Thanks, guys. All right. We always enjoy talking to Jackson and Ramblin' Raiders. Uh, lots to discuss with the basketball program there. Loved his insights and takes on all of that good stuff. Uh, but Texas Tech baseball had a successful week after going one and two in Houston. Uh, needed to bounce back, and they did so uh, this past week with a win over New Mexico in the midweek, a 6-3 victory over the Lobos. A solid victory because New Mexico is a pretty solid team this year. Uh, and then you follow that up with a series win over number 23, Iowa, who had came in winning, I think, seven straight games, only one loss on the season. Um, pretty good squad that you were facing, uh, and you were able to get the series dub over them, two games to one. You won Friday night 17-5, to five, uh, put it Ooh. on them on Friday, got a big win on Saturday 8-3. to three. Uh, Unfortunately, couldn't come away with the sweep, but uh, you lost 10-9. to nine. On Sunday, uh, pretty close game there. Had a chance to, to, to you know, uh, cut it closer there in the ninth inning, but come away with the series victory over ranked team. So that's good for you, Dustin. Any, did you get to catch any of the baseball this past weekend, past week? Any thoughts you have? No, I still didn't catch any of it, but obviously kept up on Twitter. Tech Baseball does a great job posting everything very quickly. 
Yeah. <laughs> and there's a lot of there's a lot of tech baseball or tech accounts that closely follow the games as well. Yeah, that too. And I mean, between Friday and Saturday, we were mashing the ball. Yeah. And I I think my biggest takeaway so far is from this pre-conference is because like hitting in the offense was the, like, the biggest question mark and how we would we replace like all these guys that have been here for a few years. And that's the best seamless transition we've had. Yeah. Is the hitting is up. Uh, the home runs are up more than they were last year and year before. I mean, Gavin Cash is just steamrolling. He's hitting 463, dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and six and he's playing, bombs are. And he's playing every game. He's playing every game. Yeah. So it's not like he's hitting 463 and he plays like a couple games. He's playing every game. <laughs> I mean, you have three guys hitting above 370. And another two hitting above 330, right at that 340 marks. Like five of your guys hitting 340 or better. Like that's ridiculous. Yeah. Cash had a 480 foot bomb yeah, in that Saturday that game. That's far. That's far. That's the video far. just showed it off his bat and they flipped the camera and. Did it go couldn't over the, the scoreboard or what? I don't know. I couldn't <laughs> no see one knows. The ball. Even the announcers were talking about how they lost. They couldn't see where the ball went. They just like, knew it went far. They flipped the camera and the ball never like hit the scoreboard and came back or went beside it. Like I just assume it went over. I assume that ball is just lost in the atmosphere. Yeah. So, yeah. so I mean, it's great we have the offense to go with it. Um, I've kind of always said pitching, especially like bullpen, is the hardest thing for college baseball. I feel like. Yeah. So, be interesting to see. How we turn around because conference play starts very, very soon. Yeah, I'm interested to see what happens with the pitchers. I know from watching, you've got a lot of dudes with arms, and just kind of how it's been with Texas Tech in the past. It's are they having a good day or are they having a bad day? Because uh, your Sunday starter who um, came in in the AM mm-hmm. game, um, Kyle Robinson, I think is his name, he was dominant versus AM, like, couldn't. They couldn't touch him or anything like that. Comes in, struggles versus Iowa. Um, you have guys who, you know, come in in spots and struggle who the next time they come out, they're dominant. The one thing you kind of know is Mason Molina is is yeah. probably your best starter and your most consistent starter so far this season. Um, but, yeah, you know, holding them Iowa to five and three runs on Friday and Saturday is pretty good. So you, you'll take that. Um, and then, like you said, your offense has really been clicking. You got a lot of guys who are – are able to get on base a lot. Uh, you got some really good base runners. Gage Harrelson's fast and can and can cause some problems. He's the, on the one base that path. stole home or yeah. whatever you called what he did. I don't know if you give him. A, I guess he technically gets a steal there, but right, yeah, they, that was tra- a nice they just move threw the ball back, back to the yeah threw the ball back to the pitcher and he took off to home and they panicked and um and he was able to score. So we I have just a lot of impressive. Dylan Carter at first doing crap like that to them. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, the the kind of big news from the weekend is Dylan Carter did get hurt, and I didn't see the injury. I wasn't able to watch the game on Sunday. I uh, was dealing with a, a kidney stone of all things, unfortunately, um, so was kind of out for the count. Uh, didn't get to watch that game, but I, you know, uh, Dylan Carter went down. Tim Tadlock said in his re- weekly radio show that he'll be out for a while. So I don't yeah. really know what happened with the injury. Dustin, had you heard anything on what happened? Um, um, I can't. I just looked a little bit ago and can't find anything, any update. I'm sure we won't really hear anything until this weekend series Baylor comes up. 
Yeah. Um, so unfortunate there because the bad thing was, you know, Dylan Carter was absolutely killing it he's this hitting year. 400. He's absolutely, he's always killing it in the field. You never have to worry about him nope. in center field, but his bat this year was actually like popping. He had oh, yeah. uh, two home runs in the Friday nighter. Um, yeah, he's just 400, five home runs total. I mean, that's raking 18 RBIs. Yeah. Beast it's in. just like this curse that Texas Tech has lately of just not being able to keep dudes uh, from, you know, healthy. Uh, you know, Bo Blessy was supposed to be one of your best pitchers, hasn't has only pitched like one game for you. Um, Dylan Carter goes down with an injury who's been a mainstay in center fields and in the lineup has been very clutch for you. So just another brutal year with some more brutal injuries to add to it. And yep. just hoping one year that Texas Tech can have the stars align and your roster remain healthy. Um, so that's frustrating. Uh, feel, feel bad for DC uh, because of the year he was having at the plate. You just hate to see a guy who's, who's having that yeah. success go down with an injury. So wish nothing but the best for him and recovering. And hopefully we get to see him before, uh, this season ends back out there, Manning center field and with the bat at the plate. Up this week for the Red Raiders, we've got a two-game midweek set versus uh, UTA, University of Texas in Arlington. They come to town, uh, the Mavericks, I think. Uh, yes. Right? Um, they come to town for a two-game set. And then conference play begins, and it begins with a doozy as Oklahoma State heads to town, one of the – uh, three Big 12 ranked teams, right. so you'll have a ranked matchup this weekend. Dustin, any thoughts on this? Yeah, I don't know why I said Baylor and they were in my head. Um, but, yeah, definitely starting with Oklahoma State this weekend. At home is good, especially with the, one of the best. And you're playing good, so having arguably one of the best, what would you say, three or four teams in the Big 12. You kind of have that top tier of three or four teams and then little separation Oklahoma State's definitely one of those I think it's so, this year it's just us Oklahoma State and TC really solidifies Texas that kind of three. fell off a little bit yeah well they're the new weekend after so <laughs> yeah there's no rest for Texas Tech in conference play I think you play Oklahoma State Texas then TCU to start yes. conference play yep so we're about to really figure out what this team's made of uh, yeah, real quick but yeah, I mean, this is, I, I guess it's kind of what you want. You want to start off conference play with a bang, uh, give, really test yourself against one of the other conference bests. And, and you know, if you start off with the, like you have been at home winning this series, then you put yourself in a great position um, moving forward in conference play. And as you, you get these hard series out of the way, you can kind of uh, yeah. you know what you got to do with the, you know, quote unquote, easier teams. Yeah, like just looking through the schedule, started tangent here, but I mean, yeah, you're starting really hard with the big three, Oklahoma State, Texas, TCU. Um, but then, and you get all three of those at home. Like, from looking, nope, at Texas, but that's yeah, okay. Yeah, at Texas, but Oklahoma then you State. you end TCU. really easy at K-State, at West Virginia versus Kansas. Like, you you ease and lighten up very well at the back end of your schedule. Yeah, so if you do pretty good to start here in conference, you'll be sitting pretty uh, looking at you know possibly yeah. competing for that Big Twelve regular season title. So um, get out to the law this weekend for that three game set against Oklahoma State. If you have time, you know during the week to get out to the law to catch them play UTA, uh, do so five straight games at home. That's nice, um, and then you're on to Texas. So 
Uh, best of luck to the baseball team this week as they get that series going. But uh, Dustin, that is everything we've got for you guys this week um, with Texas Tech basketball and Texas Tech baseball. But uh, I know you definitely have some final shots for us, so let's kick it over there and hit our final shots for the week. All right, Dustin, I know March is here, so I think your final sh- shot has something to do with March Madness. Yep, so I bust out the Texas Tech Final Four hat from the glorious 2019 season. Yeah, um, feels no, so long ago now. <laughs> yep, long four years later, uh, we're in a much different basketball place than we were then. <laughs> and I know I had to talk some brackets and get that out there. We're going to do a big bracket show. Obviously, with Texas Tech not involved yeah. in the field of 68 or the Hard NIT, we would excited. have done an NIT little little tidbit for y'all, but opted out of that as well. So we had to discuss it a little bit. Um, I know a lot of you reached out that we were about the bracket challenge also, and we just weren't very excited to do a bracket challenge without the double T in there. So we opted out of that also, but still want to get some bracket talk in there. Um I'm not even going to do a bracket really like official because I'm just going to enjoy games and soak in basketball. My kind of pseudo team to root for is going to be Indiana this year just because of Jillian went there. And so that at least gives me a, some rooting interest in this since our team is out. <laughs> so I will be taking them in their little Midwest bracket over Houston and Texas why would I want to cheer for other Big 12 teams when I can cheer for my Big 10 team? <laughs> I was about to say, you could pick an alternate Big 12 team and no. push yourself out there on Twitter like Danny Beers did. I would hate did. to do that. I would oh, hate yeah. that. That's like the most un-Texas Tech thing. Like, sorry, yeah. I don't like I don't like throwing other podcasts under the bus, but, you know, and I, I appreciate what Game of Couches does, but, man, what the hell? <laughs> like, We have always been very steadfast in we're not – in the business of rooting for other teams in our conference at whatever they do. Yeah. Like why would we support another team or fan base that we are directly competing against? That's why we always make fun of the sec is because they all celebrate every time they win anything. Like it's like every team in the sec won, you know? Uh, Right. Um, so couple first thing while we're in that bracket real quick, um, do you believe in Houston? Um, the only thing that I makes me believe in Houston is that the final four is in Houston. Jim Nance mm. is yep. his, his last Love final four line. call. So the storyline there makes me think it, but no, I don't see them coming out of there. I think, and, and, and then it, this makes me even more mad is like, I think Texas wins that. Um, I, I don't hate that. I, I just feel like Houston is this year's Gonzaga. Yeah. Like they're really good, but then in a conference, they don't really play anybody. And I think and their so they best look player really good on paper because they're a top five team most of the year. Yeah, I think I they're, and their best players hurt. Marcus Sasser is kind of not yeah, like 100 percent this weekend and be back next. It looks like, but I don't hate the Texas pick there. I love that they're going to hopefully get A&M in the second game. Yeah, this is a round of like a re- lot of really good potential storyline matchups. That's like fun. Texas could have to go through uh, A&M, could have to go through Iowa, Iowa State. State. Uh, could have to go Indiana. through Houston, yeah, Indiana, <laughs> Houston. Houston. Um, um, but the 
bracket that the Big 12 has a one seed in the West, your bottom right. Kansas is a one seed. They've been really good all year. But you were trying to talk me into this region being very difficult with Arkansas, Illinois, TCU's a six, Gonzaga, UCLA. Northwestern was a two seed in the Big Ten this year. Who's the four or five seeds in that? Four is UConn. UConn, yeah. Five is St. Mary's. Yeah, that's a tough. That's a tough. Uh, UConn was ranked number one for a good stint early on in the yeah. season. Um, I I don't think Kansas makes it out of this. I I don't. Hmm. Um, I might have them losing in the second round. I feel like Arkansas, I feel like Illinois a game. The TJ Shannon maybe some revenge. Yeah. just for fun. And Arkansas Musselman in 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 March is pretty good. Um, true. True. And so that would make me nervous as a Kansas fan that I have to face either one of those teams because Illinois and Arkansas both can either go the fuck off on you or they can totally self-implode <laughs> and get blown out. So it's just like, you know, who knows what kind of performance they're going to have, but Man, they're both scary teams. Because Arkansas was a top 10 team to start the season, you know. If TCU can, they can maybe make a run yeah. if they can handle Gonzaga because UCLA's beat up a little bit. Yeah. So they can make a little Elite Eight run, possibly. I I just like Kansas a lot, man. I really have, and it hates pains me to say that, especially when our one of our former players, you know, went went trader mode and went there. But they're just really good. I like them too, but I don't really have that much faith in a team that almost lost to us twice. Like, <laughs> great point. <laughs> so that that's where my nerves hit, but you know, we'll see. Um, I think Purdue is a no as I think Daryville bracket's tough, man. Memphis is a hard game. They just beat Houston. Duke's in there. Duke just coming off the ACC title, like yeah, they're, they're playing hot. Good. I mean, ACC is pretty pretty poopy, but they still won like seven straight. Yeah. Kansas State's a hard out on that bottom side too for a team like Marquette. So like. And even you got Izzo, you know, you got Michigan State and Sparty in there, yeah. Izzo. Kentucky. Um, Kentucky. running to them, possibly. Like, Did you see in that Kentucky-Providence game, Memphis. Providence's best player transferred from yeah. Kentucky? So that's kind of fun. I felt like going through this bracket originally, there's a lot of cool kind of storylines that you can yeah, see playing out throughout each bracket. But, yeah, I mean, even you like Kentucky's there, a team that could – like there's so many teams that could go on a run. Uh, Memphis just came off of you know destroying Houston yeah. in the championship. Like that's a tough out. FAU is a pretty solid nine seed there. Um, so and Will like, Roberts is hot for Team Duke's playing. That's a five twelve. For me, there's two one seeds that I think could not make it through the first weekend. Purdue's it's one. it's Kansas and it's Purdue. Oh. I think I think both of them could see. Uh, there's a realistic chance that it, like Memphis could beat Purdue. There's a realistic chance that Arkansas or Illinois could knock off Kansas. Wow. I don't know. Purdue's awesome. I don't know, but I, I kind of can see that. That bracket's tough. But did you see how like Penn State put a press on Purdue and they completely forgot how <laughs> to play f- basketball? Like, yep, it looks like I, us. <laughs> if I'm Memphis, I'm just going to press the shit out of Purdue all game long. For sure. Yeah, I can or see this being the bracket with like a random team making it out or like the three seed Kansas State or something like that. You happening. know, FAU has former Red Raider legend Vlad Golden on the squad to match up with Zach Eady. Wow. Yeah. That took me like five seconds to recollect who that even was. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, one more bracket before I finish up this or region, whatever you want to call it. The number one seed, number one, number one, Alabama. I think they're going to steamroll through this bracket, man. I think they're that yeah. good, and they probably got the easiest region. This is my chalky bracket. This yeah. Is... As I'm looking, I'm like, yep, yep. I might have like a 12. I think uh, what college of Charleston or, or Virginia always does that thing where they lose in the first round. Um, so there's like those chances. But other than that, I really see this going Alabama, Arizona. And then, yeah, that's kind of. I do too. I see Alabama making it final four. I see them making it to the champ game. Um, yeah. That other side is kind of our two, like, I don't know. I got Indiana in there just because Texas is good. Do we trust Kansas or who's the other team from that region? I don't know. Do you have a pick champ game or final four at least? Um, my final four, I'm going to go Bama. I'm going to go same. I'm, I, I don't know the, the Purdue region. I think I have, I think I got a feeling like Duke can sneak in there. Okay. I think I'm going to go Duke. I'm going to go Texas and I'm going to go. Gonzaga. All right. Final four. I like Alabama, it. Duke, Texas, Gonzaga, Bama versus Gonzaga. Okay. For Gonzaga the championship. Gets, it's a good run for Gonzaga. Yeah, I like Bama a lot. Taking Indiana in that Texas region. They're my they're my new team. And Trace Jackson Davis is a beast and all American. Yeah. He's amazing. If you haven't watched Indiana, watch him just for him. He's there kind of stretch five type player and he's amazing to watch i like kansas a lot yeah that purdue region i want to jack up somehow you know what give me give me memphis in there just for funsies uh, yeah that was <laughs> so, yeah. one that i was looking at like uh, i had i think memphis playing duke and i have um kentucky playing i had duke playing kentucky to get to Michigan the State? final four Hmm. Wow. I think. Yeah, that's the that's the region that could get crazy. I think the names might not sound crazy, but the seating is. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Oh. Yeah, man. Little bracket talk. Brackets are always fun. It actually starts. What's today? Tuesday. Tonight. Tuesday. Yeah, it sounds, tonight starts tonight game. with the entry level games. Whatever you want to call those. So, <laughs> entry level games. I like that. I hate <laughs> the entry games, level games, but they're they're there, so tonight. you got to watch them. <laughs> Tournament starts Thursday. We'll be watching uh, my final shots. Shout out to the Lady Raiders who made the NIT tournament on the women's side. Yeah. Their first postseason appearance since 2012-2013. So shout out to the Lady Raiders. They play, uh, they host UTEP. So we'll have uh, another game here in Lubbock for the Lady Raiders this season. Uh, Thursday night. So get your tickets. Go to that. Go support the Lady Raiders. Uh, Shout out to them for that. But that's everything we got for you guys. This week, enjoy March Madness. We'll be back next week. We'll kind of recap some of that, whatever news breaks about Texas Tech basketball and some more baseball talk. Uh, Once again, appreciate Jackson and Ramblin' Raiders for joining the tailgate this week. To catch everything we're doing here, you got to follow us. Follow us on Apple. Follow us on Spotify. Give us those five-star ratings, five stars for the tailgate. And as always, if you listen to us on Apple, hit us with those reviews. Also, follow our social media accounts. We're on Twitter at tailgate underscore talks. That's where we do most of our posting and interacting. But we also have Facebook and Instagram. 
thanks for hanging out with us this week as we uh, discussed the end of the Adams era, the future for Texas Tech basketball, Texas Tech baseball, a little NCAA tournament talk. And as always, we will catch y'all at the next